Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you have a fantastic Thanksgiving and that you take time over the course of this weekend to reflect on all the things that we have to be thankful for this year. For anyone who doesn't know who I am, my name's Brad. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Calvary, and I am thankful to be able to speak to you today. And if you're like me, you may wonder, why do we celebrate Thanksgiving in October here in Canada? Well, Americans celebrate Thanksgiving in November. And if you're also like me, you probably couldn't be bothered to look it up in previous years, but because I'm speaking, I decided I'm going to look this up. And so the first thing that I found is that the history of Thanksgiving in Canada is a, is a lot more complex than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be a pretty straightforward answer. But to put it simply, essentially, Thanksgiving was once celebrated in November in Canada, but then after World War I and the founding of Armistice Day, which we now call Remembrance Day, uh, they, they celebrated those both in November for a while, and about 10 years after that, they decided to move it to October, where we celebrate it now. So it's not really all that exciting, but as I was looking all this stuff up, I found stories of the origins of Thanksgiving, and there's no consensus thing that this is the exact origin of Thanksgiving in Canada. There's the fact that indigenous people have celebrated harvest festivals around this time every year for so long going back in their history. There's also the fact that Samuel du Champlain founded the Good Times Club when he landed in, and founded New France back east and, and celebrated feasts of Thanksgiving. But there was one story in particular that really stood out to me, and it's really arguably the earliest story, at least in terms of European people in North America celebrating Thanksgiving, at least in Canada. And it's a story of explorer Martin Frobisher searching for the Northwest Passage in 1578. On this voyage, he took many ships with him, a huge crew, lots of supplies, and they went, in, went into the Arctic in search of the Northwest Passage. And unsurprisingly, they found a lot of ice and storms, and they got stuck, and they had to turn around, and they lost ships, and they lost cargo, and things went horribly. But when they finally made it to safety, the ship's chaplain, who was named Robert Wolfall, preached to them a sermon. And this is what is said of the sermon that he preached. It said, He made unto them a godly sermon, exhorting them especially to be thankful for God for their strange and miraculous deliverance in those strange or in, the, in those so dangerous places. And the crew gave thanks and celebrated communion, which is reported to be the earliest example of communion being celebrated on what we now would call Canadian soil, which is really cool and interesting. But it also makes a lot of sense that one of the origin stories of Thanksgiving in Canada would have a very Christian element to it. And it's because over and over again in the Bible, we are told to give thanks. 
In fact, it happens so much that there's got to be a good reason. And I think that reason is because our sinful nature leads us more towards celebrating, or not celebrating, leads us more towards bitterness, leads us more towards discontentment. And I think gratitude, thankfulness, is the antidote for bitterness and discontentment. And I think we have to fight against that all the time. And in fact, the Bible is so clear that we need to give thanks that many places it makes it into a command. And one of the most clear places where being thankful is commanded to followers of Jesus is in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're told in chapter 5, verses 16 to 17, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, there's a lot in this tiny little verse that we could talk about. But what we need to know to start is that this is not an option. This is a command. And it's a command because God's will for us is to live a life of gratitude, not a life of discontentment, not a life of bitterness, but a life of gratitude. I think that can be more challenging for us today than maybe in recent times past. We live in an era where a lot of people are bitter, are discontented, no matter what religious affiliation or non-religious affiliation you have, no matter what political affiliations or social status or anything, it seems like everybody is discontented and bitter. And the antidote for that is gratitude. Because when are we supposed to have gratitude? Not just when things are going well, not just when we're, when, when we're happy, but in all circumstances. A little bit of background on Paul's relationship with the church in Thessalonica. Well, Paul founded this church, but he didn't get to stay as long as he wanted. He had to leave. And he was so concerned that this tiny little church of probably no more than 50 people was not going to make it, that they were going to abandon their faith and walk away, that they were going to give in to the pressure of the world around them. And he was so concerned that he actually sent people there to check up on them. And they returned with a report. And the books of 1 Thessalonians especially, but also 2 Thessalonians, is a response to reports that Paul hears about the Thessalonian church. And in both letters, Paul is so thankful. He is so thankful for the Thessalonians. He's so thankful for their faith. He's so thankful for so many things. And it leads me to a question, and that is, how does Paul teach us in the books of Thessalonians to be thankful in all circumstances. And I can boil it down to three basic things that we can be thankful for, that if we're thankful for these things, we can be thankful for everything in all circumstances. Maybe not thankful for everything, but we can be thankful in all circumstances. And the first one is we can be thankful for salvation. See, Paul's thankful for, 
that the Thessalonians have become Christians. He's thankful that they received the word of God. And by extension, he's reminding the Thessalonians that they should always be thankful for Jesus as well. And he writes this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. What we find is Paul being so thankful that they actually received the word as it truly is. They didn't just say this is a story made up by people, by, by men or humans. This is, a, this is a divine story of God's love. And honestly, when we think about salvation and how it, how it happens, how it works, I can think of no other way to respond but with gratitude. That is, the book of Ephesians tells us we were dead in our sins and trespasses. That means we were dead in our everything. We were just dead. There's nothing we could do to help ourselves. We realize that we could try to reach for God all we wanted, and every other religious system in the world tells us we got to do the work and reach and go and try and do better and reach towards whatever divine inspirational thing that they believe in, whether God or an ideal or whatever, but they ultimately can't reach it. But the gospel message is that you can't. You're dead. You can't do anything for yourself. But Jesus. But God came down. We couldn't reach up, so God reached down. And he entered humanity. So we're told in the book of Philippians that he humbled himself, being born as a baby, and being a human, and being obedient, obedient on all the way to death on the cross. Jesus lived the perfect, sinless life. And here's the thing. He was perfect under the law, but we know from the book of Matthew when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount that he didn't just say it's, it's your actions that condemn you. He said, it's your thought and the motivations of your heart. He said, oh, you thought it's just the things you do? No, it's the things that you think about. It's, it's your motivations. Those things are also sinful. It's not just actions. It's a heart issue. That makes it harder. That means Jesus lived a perfect, perfectly motivated life, had perfect thoughts, had perfect actions, and he willingly went to the cross. He said, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. So he willingly went to the cross knowing that he was going to bear the punishment for our sin, our moral failures, our mistakes, whatever you want to call them, the things that we have done wrong. He paid the price for them on the cross. And through his death and resurrection, we can be brought into his family, not by anything that we did, but through the grace 
of Jesus, that we are saved by trust in him and by nothing else, by faith. Man, when I hear that, all I think is I have nothing to say other than I am so thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. And every day we need that to be something that we think about. Focus on. Every morning we should wake up and remember the amazing grace of Jesus that he was willing to die for us. That he paid the price in full and he's never going to let go of you. That is an amazing, amazing thing. And we must be thankful for it. And I think we are, but sometimes we forget. So I think we need to draw that to our attention every day to thank God for salvation. I think that humbles us and reminds us that the only difference between us and non-Christians is not how good we are, it's how good Jesus is. So that we recognize that anyone who comes to Jesus, that's an exciting time. Just like Paul was so thankful for the Thessalonians coming to, coming to faith in Christ, we should be thankful every time someone comes to faith in Christ. This week, a rather well-known tattoo artist, uh, musician, and former, anyway, um, dabbler in witchcraft, released a video of her baptism as a Christian. And I actually, I saw it, and I, I clicked on the comments because I didn't know what I was going to find because sometimes when these things happen, we, we have Christians who will question whether or not this is legitimate. Here's the thing. We don't know for sure, but you know what? We can be grateful that, that, that this person has turned to Jesus. That should be an exciting thing. In fact, in an, art, an interview, she talked about how she realized she had to throw out all of her, her books associated with the occult and witchcraft and everything. She had to cleanse those things from her house. So we might not know exactly the legitimacy of her faith, but it sounds like she is following Jesus now. And that is so exciting. That is something that we can be so grateful for. So we can be thankful for our salvation and for the salvation of others. And the second thing that we can be thankful for each and every day is thankful for community. See, Paul is encouraged by the Thessalonians and their faith. He's encouraged by them and, and comforted by them. He writes oftentimes that he's facing hardships, and he writes that in the book of 1 Thessalonians. But what we read in chapter 3 is that he is encouraged by the Thessalonian church. It says this in chapter 3, starting in verse 9. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. See, Paul has been living with some distress. He's faced hardships. But at a time when maybe he needs encouragement, the faith of someone else has built him up. The faith of someone else has made him excited, has made him comforted, has made him joyful. And this happened because he was in community with them. He had a relationship with them. In fact, the books of Thessalonians use such close language. These are people that Paul was close with, that he had an affection for. 
And the truth is, is that we're all going to have times in our life where we need to be encouraged by someone else. And the faith of someone else can be an encouragement to us. And in turn, our faith can be an encouragement to someone at some point as well. I think we go back and forth in this all the time in our lives. But we experience community and can be thankful for community, not just because of the faith that we have around us, but because when we're in a community of believers, we get support with people praying for us, people caring for us, whether it's with a small group uh, meeting or a service team or a small group of friends. All those things are so important for us because we get relationship. We get care from, for other people, from, from other people and for other people. And whether it's a part of those things, but then also expanding out to the larger church that we see here, to also the church that we stand with in our city, our province, our nation, and in the world, there are so many places where we can be encouraged by the faith of others. I have the privilege of working with the young people of our church here. I can tell you that in the spring we had a conversation and... I had a conversation with the, well, it was, I was speaking, but it was more of a dialogue with our senior youth, grade 9 to 12. And as we were talking and hearing the, the responses that they had to my questions, hearing the questions that they asked, and hearing just the way things were going, I was so encouraged by their faith, so encouraged by their ability to think biblically as opposed to worldly. Because sometimes my fear is that it's not always getting in there. But, and I, I'm not taking any credit for that. I'm, I'm impressed and so thankful that God is at work within our young people. And I want you to be encouraged by that as well. That our young people are, are thinking through issues that they're facing, not from a worldly perspective, but from a biblical perspective. And that only comes through the grace of God. So we can be thankful for that. We can look at churches growing in places in the world where, it is, where they face just such great opposition and persecution in the Middle East and in China, where we hear reports of the church growing and people taking a stand for their faith and not backing down, people who are willing to risk everything for the gospel. And when we see that here in the West, we can say, oh, that is encouraging. That is encouraging, knowing that no matter how difficult it gets for me here, there are people out there dealing with things that are far difficult from what I, far more difficult from what I'm dealing with today. And man, that's, that's encouraging to know that that is happening, to know that there are people who stand with that much conviction, knowing that there are people who stand with that much passion in their faith. And it encourages me to do the same. I am so grateful for the community of believers that we have here at Calvary and the community of believers that we have in the entire world that we are taking a stand for Jesus. So be encouraged by that and be thankful for the church, for our local church and the church universal in the world, that we are growing and that God, the gospel of Jesus is being proclaimed everywhere. The third thing that we can be thankful for is for perseverance. Now this one's a little bit weirder to think about because perseverance is something that we need every day. It's something that we need more on some days than we do others. And it's something that sometimes is hard because honestly, it can be so difficult to persevere through things. 
But we're told that when we are weak, God is strong. And Paul, as I've already said, endured lots of hardships. And the Thessalonians endured lots of hardships living in a city that, that was opposed to their belief system, was opposed to Christianity. Paul was afraid that they were going to give in to the persecution that they were facing. And we've already seen that, that they were holding fast. But in 2 Thessalonians, we see Paul give thanks in this way. In chapter 1, starting in verse 3, We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. Now, the question is, how do we maintain gratefulness when we're going through difficult times? And I'll tell you, it's not easy. Going back to our story in, at the beginning of, of uh, that we, we talked about the, the story of the first, or of the earliest Thanksgiving evidence in Canada with Martin Frobisher's journey. Well, what we didn't talk about, and it's important to note, is that it was a failed journey. It was a failed journey. They didn't find the Northwest Passage. In fact, where they made it to safety was turning around and going back. See, they, they lost a lot, but they knew God had brought them through. They knew God had brought them through. They knew God had seen them through this journey, so they gave thanks. But we don't know much about what they were doing when they were going through the storm. But what we're told is that God is right there with us when we are suffering, when we're going through difficult times. No matter how difficult it is, no matter what you're going through today, whether you're going through a great time or you're going through a hard time, whether you're feeling the crunch of the economy or, or uh, worried about the, the rate, interest rates with mortgages and all those things that are real and going on and, and stressful in our world today, We can be thankful that God gives us the ability to persevere through those things. But ultimately, we have a choice to make. We can be bitter, we can be discontented, or we can be grateful. It's a mindset that we get to choose. See, we could forget about the glory of salvation and, and forget to be thankful for that. We could forget about the community that God has placed us in and forget to be grateful for that. It takes attention. It takes time where we actually intentionally think about the things that we are thankful for. Recent studies have shown something that I think the Bible has been saying to us for a long time, that giving thanks is actually good for us. Recent study has shown that Anybody or people who actively give thanks or keep some sort of a, a Thanksgiving journal or keep count of the things that they're thankful for report being happier, more physically healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy. So how do we do that? Well, I would say express your thanksgivings to God in prayer every single day. Make a note on your prayer list. Take, take, write down a prayer list of things you're going to pray for and write things you're thankful for in there as well. I haven't been able to find it. I thought, thought I could. It got kind of lost in a move at one point. But I had a journal where I would write down the things that I was thankful for every day. And, uh, and it's something that I think I need to get back into because I'll be honest, it's so easy to give in to bitterness. 
And the way to avoid it is to remember the things we're thankful for. And I think to start, how are we going to be thankful in all circumstances, no matter how good things are going or how difficult things are going? We need to always, 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 always remember the salvation that we have in Jesus and be thankful for it. We need to always remember that God has placed us in a community where we can be encouraged by one another and encourage others. And we need to remember that God is the one carrying us through no matter how challenging the times are. Whether we're going through a storm, looking for the Northwest Passage, we know that God is with us. He is guiding us. He is leading us. And He is molding us. And He will use all things for the good of those who love Him. I want to conclude today by reading to you a passage, a psalm, an entire psalm from Psalm 100, which was actually part of the video that we saw this morning. And also, uh, Pastor Maggie is using this psalm in her sermon this, this week as well. None of us, the video, uh, Pastor Susan picked the video. I'm speaking to you here, and Pastor Maggie's speaking across the hall. None of us chose or knew that the others were choosing to read this psalm. But here we go. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing love for us. We thank you that you left your throne in heaven, that you entered into humanity and lived a perfect, sinless life, and willingly went to the cross and died for us. We thank you that our sins have been forgiven and that through faith in you, we are brought into your family. And I pray that anyone here who has not made that, that step yet, I pray that they would repent and turn to you, that they would choose to follow you and trust in you as their Savior. We thank you that you've placed us in community, not just here at Calvary, but also with a community of believers around the world. And we thank you that you are with us in all that we do. I pray that each one of us would actively thank you every single day for all of these things and so much more. We thank you. We love you so much in your name. Amen.